Hey, everyone. I'm Ryan. And I'm Steve, and this is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar, buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing <laughs> podcast. Welcome to week 1000 of uh, Isolation Life, Steve. How are you doing? It, f- it feels like it. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm over remote recording, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not fun. It was a it was a silly joke like the first two times and now I'm like ah let's just do things I'm, normal again. I mean it it, it it was a, it's a good ex, it's a good experiment and I think like long term if something happens and we want to bring on you know we want to do something that involves uh uh double end recording like you know now there's a precedent for it. Right, but, right. Man, we know we can do this. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's a little extra stress. Yeah. It's also like oh, you're not bringing burritos over anymore. I know. Like, I got to I got to make food on a Thursday night and also we're like doing one episode a week now so we're doing it every Thursday night. Man. Is everyone enjoying Part us complaining? Of feel- <laughs> Part of me feels like we should both order like just order a takeout every Thursday for our own families and just call yeah, it seriously. and still charge the inner circle. Uh, but anyway, the, this first ad is a 1960s Thomas Maltese Surfer, the iconic Iron Cross guitar by local Washington luthier Harvey Thomas. This super unique instrument is in great shape with minor wear and some finished flaking on the back of the headstock. Original with the exception of a replaced neck humbucker pickup, an incredible collector's piece comes complete with original catalog and non-original hard shell case. They want four grand for this thing. Basically, yeah. I've never seen. I don't know. I've never seen one of these in my life, and they want four grand for it. And I feel like this is the sort of thing I would have seen. What were you gonna say? Yeah, I. What's that? What were you gonna say about it? The, uh, what I was gonna say about it is, it does look like it's in really good shape. I will give it that. Oh sure. Um. Well, I but, think you know, when, when you work? see something this old that's in really good shape, it probably means that it's not super fun to play. <laughs> yeah, I just I I have questions. I'm actually looking this up, and there are a bunch of these. Oh yeah. Um, the Harvey Thomas Multi Surfer is like a um, like a I guess it had it it like repeaked in 2007. When West Coast come, when West Coast Customs, it was like a TV show about like car chopping. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Was like peaking, and so that Iron Cross was being used up, like, and it was like popping up on everything. Like, um, suddenly people wanted this guitar. Yeah, so I actually I found an article on Guitar Player online, guitarplayer.com, Guitar Player Magazine, basically talking about um, how. This guy, um, Harvey Thomas, was like a country western guitarist and luthier, and he did instrument manufacture from the 50s through the 80s, and basically was doing a um, uh, Mosley Maserite style thing, so small necks, zero mm. frets, single coils, German carves, but then he started apparently just coming up like with weird stuff and he started like I guess he was like a specialist on like double necks, triple necks, uh and then body guitars, so like the naked lady shaped guitar 
the axe oh, okay. guitar, the shotgun guitar. Interesting. So this thing has some pa- sort of uh, history to it with the builder. Yeah, so it sounds like this is kind of a thing. Um, but the problem is, is like, actually, I guess they're saying that at the end it says um, it's like kind of a weird guitar. Um, Mott, the Ian Hunter of Mott the Hoople apparently found one at some point, And that was like uh, the only or the closest thing to like a celebrity in Dorsey. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just kind of this wacky thing. Now, the one in this ad uh, has had the neck pickup replaced with the humbucker. It's um, the yeah. It's got a neck humbucker. Busted. Yeah, the headstock is busted up. Uh, though I will say, like for being broken, it looks like that some whoever how however it got broke, they at least tried to make the repair kind of clean. Are you talking about the headstock? Yeah, I think they just had different shapes of the headstock because you look at the headstock in the catalog picture, and it's got that crazy curl to it. And you look at the headstock that's on this, and it doesn't have enough wood to complete. The wood is different on it. It, it didn't start off with that curl, you know? Oh, yeah, I see I mean, that. there is damage on the headstock, but I don't think it ever had that curl to it, you know? I think it's just chipped. What's your... Yeah, I don't know. I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing any other pictures w- w- that don't have that hook, so... But I'm also, yeah, the pictures I'm seeing seem to have a slightly different overall shape. I'm kind of enamored with just the tip on on the tremolo bar, on the vibrato bar. Do you see how beefy that is? Yeah, that thing looks wild. Yeah, and the, 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 the trim bar drops down into the center of that vibrato there. It's kind of like a jazz, like a jazz master Jaguar style vibrato. That's more like a custom shape. And I love that it drops into the center of it instead of being off to the side. And the bar is just kind of extra thick. And the like the, the handle at the end is super thick. Like it's almost cartoonish. I yeah really like that hardware a lot. <laughs> I kind of want what that you, on a guitar. What do you think about these the cutaways that are included? The arm cutaway and I guess the... The leg the cutaway? Th- the... Cl- thigh cutaway yeah that's weird i don't understand the arm cutaway at all because you're you'd think that your arm would rest in the natural cut of the cross anyways or maybe not maybe that's the right place for it but it's a little funky what what's your take on the whole uh iron cross maltese cross shape thing though like do you have any sort of misgivings about that shape being really used ha- I don't really have a take. I, I do have an answer to the previous question. So there were two models of this guitar. There's the Maltese Falcon and the Maltese Surfer. Now this, mm-hmm. so this is the Maltese Surfer. The Maltese Falcon is the one that has the hook. Oh, okay. Uh, the hook headstock. The Maltese Surfer is this one with the with the more yeah. kind of robust headstock. Um. Unfortunately, I'm not really finding any full pictures, so I don't know what the differences are otherwise between the two Um, because they kind of just all look like they're the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hallmark Guitars made a uh, a version of a of an Iron Cross guitar 
a couple times at least. But their their version of it was much more like a like sharp edged, more like that classic like Red Baron kind of cross. Right. Where this is definitely that more like swoopy, soft, uh, more what uh, was common with the uh, the kind of like the surfer Maltese cross uh, trend that was going on in the sixties. Um, I was trying to like sun, like I was trying to search down kind of the history of that being like a surfer right. symbol when this ad was posted, and it's all just kind of muddled. People are just like, oh, kids in the sixties were just trying to be rebels and it was part of like hot rod and motorcycle culture and it kind of just bled over and it was right. just like a big fad for a while. And you know, there's uh there's a, like a, a Nazi connection to iron crosses, but then there's also mm-hmm. like connections to all kinds of different cultures across history. Like it's just one of those shapes that like people have drawn the crap out of cause it's like an easy shape to figure out and be like, Oh, yeah. this is, this is fun to draw over and over again. And, it's kind of seems symbolic in some sort of way, but uh, I don't know. Do you think it's worth any sort of hand wringing over Nazi connections with this sort of thing? I, like at this point in time, I know I'm answering my my question that I'm asking you. I feel like at this point in time, like most people don't look at an Iron Cross and think Nazis; they think like motorcycle culture and stuff like that. Right. And I think maybe if you try to like draw it back. To some point, you know, it's it kind of gets into this gray of, you know, what's it used. And, and this specific, I guess this specific take on it um, is a little more, um, well, I think just I like. I feel like it's a little more ger- Germanic than, mm-hmm. than like maybe like the standard, um the German iron cross. Right. Right. I just, I think like at this point in time, like our culture's understanding of Nazi symbolism has been boiled down to a few very like iconic set in stone things that are like, Oh yeah, that's fully Nazi. And if you, you know, have a swastika on something that's Nazi. If you have, you know, the iron Eagle or whatever it's called on something, then yeah, you're probably, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the Nazi stuff, like the red armband, like yeah, that's Nazi stuff. Like the, I, I think, feel like right. I think the Iron Cross has escaped that kind of cultural connection. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, viewers, in the comment section, wherever you happen to be. Um, I, I mean, I you mentioned like back in 2007 when there was that motorcycle show. Around then, yeah, back then around that time, I was still working in the t-shirt industry. And all of a sudden, one year, that stuff started to blow up. And they're like, uh, uh, guys, put iron crosses on everything. Uh, apparently, it's fine now. Put put it on everything. Put it on the, all the motorcycle designs. Like, it's a huge thing all of a sudden. And apparently, like, not long before that, you know, the big department stores that that company I worked for sold to would reject anything with an iron cross on it because of the historical connections and things like that. But then, but then, like those those chopper shows. There was a couple of them. There was this rash of chopper shows that popped up on like the History Channel or whatever. And it made it all just like, oh, no, that's just that's just motorcycle culture, and everyone just only thinks of it that way now, you know. Well, and it's a tough thing because it is like a generic. I mean, ultimately, like it's a really generically it's a generically used cross. So, like right. the U.S. distinguished flying cross 
has an iron cross background. Oh yeah, no, it's been like used a bunch of yeah, a bunch of like foot. Uh, fo- I say football, but a bunch of like soccer, so European football. <laughs> I don't know, like <laughs> they use it like. The Knights of Columbus oh, basically sure. is, like uses one. Oh, d- like, dude, freaking firefighters use an iron cross. It's like a classic firefighter symbol for American fighter fighters. So right. I think it. I think right. it more comes down to style and how you're using it. Like if you're uh, if you're dressed in some kind of you know drab uniform with a uh, you know a specific kind of looking hat and you're sporting an iron cross guitar, people are probably going to look at you funny. Uh, if you're, you know, got yeah. a shaved head or something like that, and you're using an iron cross guitar, people are going to look at you funny. But if you're dressed up in like motorcycle duds or whatever, or kind of doing like a hot rod thing, uh, you're probably going to be fine. <laughs> like you have to do, extra, so, you have to do extra steps to make that bad connection. For this, for the sake of ped- pedantry, because if we're not being pedantic, uh-huh. then, at some point, the show just stops having any purpose. Yeah, I mean that's the, the firefighters. That's... The, fi- the firefighters cross is a Florian cross. Sure, sure. Which is noted for having uh, more cur- it's it's curvier. Right, right. It's got it's got arcs between its points instead of it's fancier uh, wedges. It's a fancier cross. And I think so. To that point, though, like when I see this, like I don't necessarily even ri- right away like register. If this was not called the Maltese Surfer, I don't think I would register this as like a as like a Maltese Cross variant. Would you just go, oh, Iron Cross right away? I don't know. I think I would just look at it and go like, like it just looks like a some kind of wacky, like um, futuristic bird design. <laughs> so idea. that that doesn't even like pop in your head. Like that's not even a cultural connection for you. Not, not like, not in this form. I think because there's so much else going on. Sure, you know, um, and I do. I will say, like, I like, you know, getting back to the instrument itself. Yeah. It, uh, so I would say, like, it, it actually what it makes me think of is like the uh, Thunderbird. Mm, yeah, I could see that. You know, especially with like the neck, the way it comes out, like it just looks like yeah, some like badass futuristic jet. Also, like if you gave this, you know, like purple metal flake. All of a sudden, it turns into like a Bootsy Collins sort of like funky, yeah. crazy shape. I'm just, you know? All I'm saying, Ryan, is I want to see the Voltron version of this guitar. <laughs> like, like it's a jet in this shape, and then it it like combos up with four other jets also in the shape to form some kind of like badass lion. Yeah, that's yeah. all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. That's all I you're saying. Since I, jets, like, do, a simple since request. Since jets, do they have to turn into like some kind of badass falcon? <laughs> Is that the deal? It's got to stay uh, air, like airy, air themed. It's got to be a. It's got to be bird themed for this. Yeah. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's all you're saying. No big deal. Oh <laughs> uh, man, what's new? Um. So I. I did a thing that's maybe bad. Uh oh. I'll do. I'll talk about a good thing first. No, I'll talk about a bad thing first. Did you go to the grocery um, store and cough on all the produce? No. In the end, they get punched in the face by the shopkeeper. Have you seen that video? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, actually, I I have in my car now because I started to feel self conscious because I was like the only person who wasn't carrying a facial covering. So uh-huh. I'll start with this first. 
um, is one of, I have two potential face coverings in my car. One is just like a purple classic bandana, you know, uh, the classic, uh, you know, the classic bandana that's like, that's like, uh, paisley right, right. trim on the square and then like flowers in the middle. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But the other one that I have in my car is the Digitech Nam swag bandana. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and that's the one I like really want to wear, except I'm, it's like black and white. And I feel like, I don't know. Is that too menacing? Even though it's Digitech, I think on you, I think you're gonna be fine. <laughs> I'm a really menacing guy. Yeah, guys. super menacing. I don't think I don't think anyone's um, gonna look at you and think gang member. Yeah, but so the 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 thing that I did that or that I'm in the process of trying to do that's maybe bad is um, I bought that mic stand from Sweetwater. Uh huh. And. The, I forget that with Sweetwater, they don't charge you until it ships. Oh, right? Yeah. And so there's a delay in shipping. And um, because, you know, and I knew that they were delay, they were going to have a delay in shipping. Then all of a sudden, I see this charge like a week and a half later. And it's like, you know how things show up in your account and it's like minus number. And because it's subtracting that amount of money from right, your account. Right, right. But for some reason in my head, uh, I read that as as oh we're minusing this from our account and crediting it crediting it back to you okay so i was like oh man like my thing didn't oh they, you thought and, they canceled it yeah i thought they canceled it but i didn't get a cancellation notice i just got a refund and so i'm just looking at this thing and and i may or may not have been like a you know a few beers deep and uh did you buy another so I immediately one go on Am- I immediately go on Amazon and order the other one. Oh no! <laughs> uh, so so, and then I realized the next day that I got a a shipping co- a shipping notification from my Sweetwater rep. You know, oh, your thing shipped. Congratulations! And I'm just like, crap. I'm gonna have two of these things. So literally, the Amazon one showed up today, and I immediately submitted for a refund. <laughs> but it's like. It's not really the Amazon guy's fault, but also I guess kind of like I'm, Bezos I'm not can opening suck it. it. Like, Bezos can take I'm it. I'm not back. gonna open it. And uh well it's from like an Amazon third party, sure. but whatever. Um and I guess like, yeah, screw Amazon. They just cut their affiliate rates yeah. down while they're probably making more money right now than any other time period in the yeah. history of their existence. And they existence. just sucked up a bunch of government money at the same time, too. So, yeah, screw those guys. Uh, but, yeah, I just I feel like I it's like, well, I'm just kind of, I'm you know, I'm going to be one of those guys who just buys a thing and then kind of, I mean, it's not really buyer's remorse. It's buyer's dumbassery. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm sending sending it back. Hopefully, because it's third party, I, I guess it's not like guaranteed to be. Um, Do you have Prime accepted? What's that? Do you have Prime? It it was a it wasn't a Prime purchase. It uh, wasn't available from Prime. All right, you might be out so. Of I luck. still it was still like free shipping. Right, right. Um, and all that, but yeah, it wasn't a Prime. Oh man, I they'll take anyway, it back. Anyway, what's up? With, what's new? Um, I hope so. I got something I, I ordered a while back ago because we got that new camera. Um, and so I've had the old camera sitting to the side. And I've been wanting to use that as my overhead cam for demos. People keep complaining in videos like, oh, why do you keep looking up? Why are you always looking up? It's because the camera that I have been using for overhead times out after 30 minutes. 
So I'm always like, oh, oh. Am, I, am I running out of time? I've got to constantly keep checking it because I've been doing like longer format videos. This just showed up today. I mean, speaking of stuff taking forever to ship now, I ordered this like two weeks ago. It usually takes like, you know, two or three days to get stuff. But it's just the uh, the power adapter for another one of these cameras so that I can have uh, an overhead camera that runs indefinitely, basically, until the until the memory card gotcha. runs out. So I'm pretty stoked about that. I'm excited to uh, swap out the old cameras and swap in a different old camera <laughs> for that overhead. But the new camera that we're using right now has been just fantastic. I'm, I'm so excited for that camera. Um, I know this is exciting stuff. <laughs> For everyone that cares about guitars. Uh, other than that, uh, I've been refinishing my Stratocaster. I've been doing that as like a multi-part like uh, video series. And uh, I got to say, I had the thought last night after coming in uh, from, you know, spraying it with a, with a layer of gold paint out in the shed. I kind of wish I had like three or four raw Strat bodies right now to just like, like keep experimenting with finishes after I put it together, you know, I'm kind of, in, right. I'm kind of enjoying the process right now. You, I mean, you could just keep stripping this over and over and over again. Yeah. But then I'd never have the guitar put back together. I kind of want to have, maybe I'll get one, maybe I'll get one raw body and, uh, and just like experiment with finishes. And then when I get like a finish, I really like on it, then swap everything over to it. And then start working on the other one again and start experimenting with finishes. Seems like a really, you know, labor-intensive, messy thing to do. But it's also kind of a lot of fun. So, I don't know. Yeah. I'm thinking about it. I almost bought a body off of a a, a Facebook group member uh, last mm. week. Because uh, they were like, oh, I've got this strap body I'm trying to sell for like 80 bucks. It's like, oh, tell me more about that. And then he sent me pictures of it. And it is mega wrecked so he agreed that it's mega wrecked he was trying to look at shipping and i was like here's the thing now that i've seen pictures of it like if you were local i'd offer you like 40 bucks for that and it's just not worth even paying the shipping for it so that was a bummer but I i've been keeping an eye out on local craigslist for and uh offer up and whatnot for affordable bodies i don't know if i should uh if i should hold out for a mexican body or if it'd be fine for me to grab like an old squire body or something like that. What do you think? I think you should just get like a squire body. You think it would be think fine? You just get a GFS or like just get a GFS body. I yeah, don't know. I was looking at those GFSs. They always hit you with the shipping for GFS. You always think, like, oh, this is a great deal. Yeah. And it's like, oh, shipping for these, these pickups is going to be $14. <laughs> it's like, what? Right. And I, I mean, I, I, guess, I guess the downside with the GFS is um, that. Uh, you can't, uh, you can't guarantee it's going to be like a good fit, right? You know, with it, with at least a Squire body, you know that it's um also with those going to be st like normal. Those GFS bodies, they don't have any of the holes drilled for the bridge, and I don't have a drill press, and I'm not super good at getting stuff like that lined up. Great. <laughs> So I'm a little nervous about that side of it with the GFS bodies. Right. Cause I did look at those pretty hard for a while. So that's where I'm at. Very cool. You want to do sponsors? Figure out our, uh, yeah, our cut of the door. 
This week's episode is sponsored by Chase Bliss Audio. Mm, I've got two pedals right here in front of me. Yeah, have you put out that uh, blooper demo yet? No, I sat down and started playing around with it this morning and like started gear- gearing up to do uh, my demo of it. And I was like, I need like because because like a you know podcasting day is like kind of cut in half. I have to start doing other stuff halfway through the day. I was like, I need a day right. where I can like chill out and relax and really spend some time really getting to know this thing and really covering the blooper, um, having some like relaxed fun with it. But I, I think that's going to be my thing I do first thing Monday morning. I'm, I'm going to tackle the blooper demo because it's it's ready. I'm ready to, to show this thing off. It's a bunch of fun. I've also got the brothers in my other hand. I've got the blooper and the brothers here. Uh, I still haven't plugged in the brothers, but I'm excited to try it out. It's a, uh, it's a double-sided drive pedal. They came with this yeah. one a couple of years ago. Yeah. Boost, drive, and fuzz. Different boosts and drives and fuzz on each side. And then you can combine them in parallel and, and series and things like that. And all the kind of crazy different controls that you can do with the, uh, you know, the, the, the dip switch bank on the back of the Brothers. On the back of all Chase Bliss pedals, really. So uh, I've got some experimenting to do with those. I'm looking forward to it. Did you see my... Uh, did you yeah. see... My, uh, this is, no, I'll talk about that later. Uh, so anyways, <laughs> huge thanks to Chase Bliss Audio, uh, for sponsoring our podcast yet again. If you're looking for pedals more creative than you are, and you're looking to support a brand that supports the content that you love, I mean, Chase Bliss is an obvious choice. They're the only choice yep. that's making pedals more creative than you are. <laughs> so anyways, yep, <laughs> Uh, sidetrack. Uh, did you see my video of the uh, of the lollygagger cherry box? I did, and I uh, I, I included your pedal in there as well. Uh, Sean hit yeah. me. Sean hit me up uh, the other night, and he was like, "Hey, uh, just wanted to let you know, uh, selling a ton of pedals right now thanks to that video." So apparently, oh really? Very cool. Apparently, that one. I thought hit. he was going to say. Uh- uh, you know, just so you know, uh, I guess you're now barely good enough to demo my pedal. <laughs> well, I think I'm I'm good. I'm better at unboxing than I am at playing. <laughs> no, he, I know he was really excited. That, and, you know, like I didn't I didn't tell him this outright because he was like, oh, yeah, uh, cool. He like got your he's doing your pedal, too. And I was like. I didn't say I was like, yeah, I, le- I left it there like three months ago, just <laughs> waiting for Ryan to like find a some a reason to throw it on there. And yeah, yeah. So uh, I, you know, it, it worked on, out for this one, but yeah, well, it, it all sounded really good, especially together. Oh, and that fu- that fuzz is wild, oh, man. man. Like I've heard some other I've heard some other demos of that fuzz, and I feel like the other demos I've listened to were all pretty just like. I guess they they kind of hit like the sweet spots. Sure. Well, I think they were just pedal. trying to like turn it into like oh they doing the thing that people like classic rock players do with a fuzz like oh here it is you know pushing into a hot amp like doing like a Hendrix sound like here's like some tones you've heard of before. I, when I demo fuzz, I like to be like oh here's like that near synth sound that you didn't know you could get yeah. from the fuzz. Yeah. Here's like the crazy I, I unusable the- stuff that I like to mess with. I- I, I think those were my favorite parts where the parts were like, this is the, this is what happens when you dial this in as a, um, as a synth wave generator right. and not, or as a sine wave generator and you're not actually playing guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so those are really cool. Yeah. I, I, it, it, 
I really liked those pedals. I had a great time playing with them and demoing them. And, uh, you know, the unboxing thing is so much fun because it's like I'm reacting to them and I'm getting to experience them on camera. And that, you know, there's no pressure for me to actually perform and play good. It's like, oh, yeah, this guy is just kind of, you know, having fun with these the way, you know, the viewer might have fun with them if they bought them. Yeah. I think it's it's been a lot of fun for me, like, doing these uh, – quarantine unboxings i think i'm gonna do more unboxings even when we get back to uh regular life if that ever happens yeah if, if we ever get back to the before times you know before uh so anyways uh oh man i forgot what the uh the middle ad was gonna be the middle ad no we're not at the middle ad because we're at the first topic Oh, yeah, topics. Durr. Yeah, this first topic was sent by, well, I know it was posted by one person, <laughs> um, <laughs> Justin Shack, but I, I've also seen it pop up in a couple other groups. Um, this was published a couple days prior to this recording. It's No Brainer Mods 2020 from Premier Guitar. Um, this has this has uh three different mods. Are we we're only going to talk about the one, right? We're only are we only going to go in depth on well, the one? No, I think there's two here I want to talk about. So if, if you're not familiar, okay. uh, Premier Guitar for this is the third year in a row now they've done these uh, no brainer mods. Uh, it's like an article they do where they have like a professional uh, come and do like really crazy mods on uh, kind of affordable guitars. Like squires and stuff like that. On a, one year, they did like an agile guitar. Um, this year, they've got a uh, an Ibanez semi hollow, a uh, a Fender Telecaster, and a Squire a Starcaster. And they did like I I feel like they just keep ramping up the craziness because the first year was like oh they swapped pickups oh like you know they did this or that and it was just kind of cosmetic stuff oh they put a Bixby on a Gretsch with a Vibramate yeah. What they did to two of these guitars this year is bonkers. Like one, the Ibanez, they just know. they put one of those uh, you know spinning wheel things on it so you can play it like a like an organ or whatever. Um, right, and that's fun or whatever. But this freaking Starcaster, they went and routed out the body to mount an offset vibrato in it, like a like a Jaguar offset in it, and it. I I'm, I think it's it's fine. That concept is fine, but this thing had a stop tail on it. It would have been so easy to drop in the big speed on a Vibramate again. Like they're they're clearly doing stuff just for the spectacle of like, let's do something crazy. Yeah the the overall vibe on this year's was was definitely. Um going from going beyond just like oh here's a neat thing you could do that you might oh. like to like here's something you can do that is like totally like it's gonna take some work but like we'll show you how to do it well i, I mean, feel like they crossed yeah, the line like, into like you shouldn't do this <laughs> i mean but i i feel like dropping that trim onto that guitar i i I definitely feel like I've seen that somewhere before. Maybe sure. not on these squires in particular, but just that general idea. Well, that's like the, uh, um, what's that brand? Is it built that basically is making star casters with offset? Yeah. Trends on them? I, that might be what I'm thinking of. Yeah. 
But they like went to through. They show all the steps to do this. They went through all these crazy steps of building, you know, like a routing template out of like flexible foam that they could like push against the body and stuff like that. And then, uh, did you look at the Telecaster one at all? Yeah, it's a freaking twelve string. Yeah, the, the, there's like almost no wood left in the headstock when they're done with this thing. It is pretty wild. I'm trying to get to the yeah, pictures that of one, it right now. That one is is all I know is I you know the way that you ream your tuning pegs, you should not. Uh, <laughs> no, I should definitely you should definitely not do this. Oh, it was a G and L. I finally got to yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they they drilled six more holes the way you would expect in between the other tuning holes, and then they drilled. Yeah six holes to meet into those from the side. So they really Swiss cheese right. this headstock um, and then made all this like custom hardware to mount tuners going in vertically versus horizontally. And then like something super bonkers about the end result is that those strings are just like bent over the edge of the hole that they're going into. Like they're going to slowly like carve like slots into those, into the the holes. <laughs> I can't, you got to go look at the pictures of these things. It's pretty. No, wild. I'm just looking. I'm looking at it right now. Man, yeah, I'll definitely. Uh, you know, people, whether you're watching this on YouTube or or listening to it, uh, there will be a link in the show notes to this article. Uh, the Telecaster is the last one. I mean, you know, it's all behind the nut. I, I will say one thing for this, like. You will definitely have no brake angle issues. <laughs> Jeez, they really went for it on this. It's, that's ridiculous. And like, there's there's so many tuners on the headstock now. It looks like some poor kid with headgear, <laughs> like just over oh the top, God. like vintage braces going on. Well, and then the other thing is, I think this is the original, still the original bridge. They just drilled a bunch of extra holes in it. Uh um, well, never mind. It's a Wilkinson. It's a Wilkinson bridge. Yeah, I, I, I think they, they might have. Do you know who that is? Who? Tra, tra Trav Wilkin, Wilkinson. Oh, shut up! <laughs> we, I thought you were asking if I knew who did these mods. We had a commenter on a on a video start on an old video too. Start just laying into me. Because I didn't know everything in the world about the uh, the the brand vintage, because like that brand doesn't like it's not common in our stores yeah, around here. But like the guys like, oh, if you don't know that brand, then you don't know about Wilkinson. And what kind of guitarist are you that doesn't know everything about the history of this guy? And it's like get off my back. Yeah. I don't have to know anything. I I literally don't have to know anything, and I can still do what I do. <laughs> like relax. You pretty much don't know anything and you do what you do so that proves my point exactly hypothesis confirmed <laughs> yeah this is all i they're they're clearly going for like you know stunt coverage with these uh with these mods and i'm all for it i hope they keep going crazier and crazier each year yeah i i definitely felt like the first couple years like maybe they did a little more they spent a little more money well, looking um, at the first year, as, of, 
I was like, why did you even do this? Like, they're getting the idea as they go. Like, we got we to gotta go wilder and wilder because that gets, yeah. gets us clicks. Um, I guess do, 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 the, uh, the, in the first year, the, the precision base did require some body routing in order to, oh, because they wanted to upgrade the pots with an Emerson yeah. kit and the, the Squire uh, P-base body was routed for tiny yeah, uh, but yeah, everything like their their Epiphone SL, it's like an upgraded tailpiece, upgraded pickups, upgraded tuners. They're all things that like. Yeah. Uh, I guess there's a kill switch. So, I mean, the, the upgrades I did uh, on my SL were way wilder than what they did, like way wilder. Yeah, but they didn't throw their SL off of a bridge at the end of it. Everything we did with the SL was wilder than what they did with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to figure out where the heck the they say that they, they get a kill switch, but I don't see a kill switch installed anywhere. I don't know, man. Am I just not seeing it? Oh, now I see it. I see it. I thought it was like an extra jack. Yeah, so it's like kind of basic things. 2019 was a little wilder, uh, maybe a little bit more work, but still not a ton of work. Like, you know, um, there's like they use like a some other things to like uh, widen uh, whole body holes and stuff. And then, but this year, man, it's just like, I'm looking at that going like, <laughs> I don't like who, I don't know. I don't have any of this stuff. <laughs> this like, they, what do they call it again? No brainer mods. It's like, yeah, I feel like the, the, you know, that title fit for their first year. But for where they're going now, they need to come up with a new name because it's like it's they're not no brainer mods. These are like the craziest, wildest mods you could dream up. Like a no brainer mod I mean, would be like, oh yeah, put better pickups in this guitar, or oh hey, swap out that yeah. that wraparound bridge for you know in, into Natal Bridge. Like in the second, <laughs> turning in the a GL into a 12 string is not a no brainer. Like that is a, like a detailed operation. Yeah. This is, this is the jump, right? Is in the second year, their vintage modified basics gets new pickups, a mastery bridge, um, upgraded pots and an upgraded Jack, like literally things that like I could do, like if you sent me right, all these right. parts in a basics, I could do this in an evening, I could do this in the evening without instructions. Oh, sure, sure. Like stuff most people could do. Even that that base that you had to route, they routed out the control cavity a bit. Like if you got a Dremel, you can do that. No problem. Oh, I guess to I guess to install the lipstick pickups, they do use a um, a drill press. So I will say, I guess I can't do that. Oh. I couldn't do this as cleanly as they do sure, it. Sure, sure. Uh, I could still, I could still do it. It would just be uh, a little using a hand drill, right. With a and a chisel. <laughs> a <laughs> chisel. Do, give me. I can do it with a spoon. <laughs> just sharpen that spoon. You know, get it nice and yeah, nice just, and sharp. Uh, let me borrow your prison shiv. <laughs> Let's talk about this next ad. You've given Premier Guitar enough uh, free know, traction here. Uh, this ad, this ad was sent by Alexander Lee Zelinsky. Um, this is an ultra rare Jackson guitar, is made in the USA Premium 
four by 12 speaker cab with custom Batman logo grill. This cab was brought to London from Los Angeles years ago by a set designer who worked on the early Batman films where this apparently was used as a prop on set. This person also worked with Jim Henson's prop shop and came to London to work on one of his projects, bringing the cab with them. It's the only Jackson cab I've ever seen in Europe. Um, I was looking for one of these forever when I lived in Florida and never found one. All of the original Jackson branded 12 inch speakers are perfectly intact with the logo print clear. Don't plan on seeing another one of these pop up anytime soon. And obviously this has the added bonus of it coming from a film studio with the killer Batman logo. This is a $1,300 four by 12. Yeah, I are part of the premium instrument collection at Essex Recording Studios. I don't think I've ever seen a Jackson cab, let alone amp. And this is Jackson, the guitar company, not Jackson Amp Works, which is that boutique right. boutique amp company, which was always confusing. Why didn't they just come up with a different name? Jackson's already taken guys uh, by like another notable. That's, a, that's the guy's name. Yeah, but like. <laughs> You can you don't have to name a company after yourself. Like if my last name was Fender or my any one of my names was Fender, I wouldn't start a guitar company called Fender just because it's my name. Ryan, this is just like um Michael Bolton in in Office Space, man. It's it's not his fault the other Michael Bolton sucks. <laughs> um it it doesn't what, look like I'm not getting any idea. Hold on, do you do you have any idea what Batman movie this might be from? I'm That's get, the most important. thing. I'm getting right? a strong Clooney vibe off that logo. I am too. That's that's like a Clooney Batman logo. Even though I don't think it actually is the logo that they used in any of those movies, I think they let the, let the uh, special effects team kind of go crazy on this. And inventive because it was just gonna be a background prop. I w- I do want to see a shot of this on the set though. Like I want to see how it was incorporated in the movie. Like was it like propped up to be you know like the monitor speaker for the bat computer or something like that, or was it yeah like, I don't know meant to be something other than a guitar cab? And they were just like, oh, that has kind of like a you know a bat cave industrial look to it. Let's just throw that in the corner and it'll be fine, you know. I mean, I guess like the silver, when I look at like the silver bat logo just is, is a very uh, Batman and Robin. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, thing. Was that the George Clooney one? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wasn't there two? Uh, so yeah, definitely Clooney vibes. Wasn't Are there, there two Clooney ones? There might've been two Clooney ones. Clooney, the Clooney one was the one with uh, Mr. Freeze, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. I, I don't remember... And Poison Ivy was in that one. I don't remember if he was in a different one. Was he in the one with the Riddler? Um, uh, no, that was Val Kilmer. Oh, Val Kilmer, George George Clooney, same person. Yeah, close enough. Right. <laughs> they both had Chris O'Donnell. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Chris uh, O'Donnell having Batman swapped on him. He's so confused. <laughs> He doesn't know how to, who to go home with. At the end of the day, he's looking at George Clooney and he's like, am I supposed to go home with him? And, <laughs> and the director's like, yes, he's your new Batman now. Go home with, with Clooney here. Oh, my here. God. <laughs> I feel you like are, ba- you I are feel, his ward. I feel like Batman and Robin. I mean, I guess I just haven't seen enough of the other Batman movies like recently enough, I feel like Batman and Robin, if there is um, 
going to be like a cheesy band scene in it that would have a <laughs> that would have been great thing in it maybe that got caught maybe that got cut from the edit uh you know there was a whole scene where batman and robin have a band together and uh alicia silverstone well, is in it they have too a band. i'm just saying they like they like crash a party or something that sure sure this has this equipment in it. it it had to be a setup for a bat pun you know for this to exist I'm not saying I have a bad no, button. I just think it's in the background. I think, it, I think it's something that you only notice if you're watching, like, uh, you know, scene by scene. Right, right. This is definitely the Batman and Robin uh, symbol, the the batarang from that one, though. I just found one that is uh, batarang from movie Batman and Robin, and that is the the Batman logo that has the uh. the flat top between the head and the wings yeah where it's like just perfectly straight for all we know this never got used in the movie and it's just like the the person who made it was like oh i've got this extra batman thing i'm gonna just put it on my amp here uh without us having any familiarity with jackson making speaker cabs what do you think the actual value of this is beyond its collectability like just if you saw this cab somewhere how much do you think it would be worth um, like 150. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Just because you're buying four speakers, like I've never heard of Jackson having speaker cabs, let alone amps or anything like that. Um, I don't think having this Batman memorabilia on it changes the value that much. I mean, maybe there's a huge Batman thing in the UK where this is now. That's where it is, right? It's overseas yeah. now. I think unless you can, I. I think unless you can identify specifically, like, like in if a you movie? could put if he if if he had this picture and one of the pictures in his like reverb picture set was a still shot of the scene that where you can like see this or even something that even completely vaguely but maybe not a a hundred percent but like just an inkling that maybe this is an actual prop verified. Yeah. You know, if there had been a, um, if there had been a scene in the movie it was from where, you know, all us stepbrothers were like, Batman is like leaving the room and he looks at Chris O'Donnell and he's like, and don't touch my amp. And then like the next shot is Chris O'Donnell, like just scooping the mids. Like, Oh my God. Then, then it's, you know, part of the movie. Now it's got collectability. Like, Oh, that's the Batman amp. He scooped the mids on that. And it super pissed off Bruce Wayne, and then he and then he hit Robin, super hard in the mouth for disrespecting Yee. his gear. It was a central like, plot point to the whole movie. It changed the cent- the central plot point to the whole movie yeah. is that Batman is participates in domestic abuse. Yes, it changed the Batman universe forever when Robin scooped those mids, and Batman was not having it. It changed. It changed the Batman universe forever when Batman, when Robin took Batman to court <laughs> for <laughs> when for Robin calls abuse. CPS. <laughs> Jeez, man. <laughs> well, CPS. Uh, I think there's seriously like some bad stuff going on with uh, with my caretaker. I need you to come pick me up. Uh, sir, yeah. are are you the child? Uh, you sound you sound like an adult man. Yeah, I'm an adult man, but yeah, I, I'm a ward. Do you have any programs for wards? 
look, CPS, here's all you need to know. I'll be, uh, so you don't want to come to the front of the house. You take this left and, uh, flash your lights three times and it'll open a secret, uh, a secret passage. And that's how you'll get to the underground cave where I will be waiting for you. (sighs) (laughs) All right, man. Yikes, man. (laughs) Uh, This is a great time to talk about our next sponsor if we have one. We don't. Oh, well. (laughs) If you're listening right Um, now and you want us to promote your brand or your service, hit us up and we will charge you money to do that. And we'll use that money to feed our children and uh, pay for We do have a topic... Uh, we do have a topic from Chris Pop, Christian Beerman. Well, hit me with it. Hype gear. Hype gear. Stuff everybody has to have at a particular moment. And what happens to it a few years down the line? Uh, what do you th- wh- When you think of hype gear, like what pops into your head like immediately? It could be current. It could um, be something from the past. Well, Klon, like Klon Centaurs, I think are an easy mm-hmm. one. Okay, King of Tone, King of Tone. Um, I think of that that I think, Maris Enzo thing. Like, I think it's a fi- really. I think it's a fine pedal. I think it does like cool stuff. But every time I see someone got one online, I'm like, how are you going to use that? That's a pretty wild pedal because it's the, that's like the synthy one, right? I think so. That's yeah, the one that uh it does like crazy synth sounds and it just seems like everyone's like all bonkers over it. I'm like that's such a specific pedal. Right. For people to have on they're like, "Oh, I I got to have one of those lists, you know." Yeah. Um as far as I think sometimes hype gear is hyped gear is legit, you know, everyone's sure. got to have it. Everyone wants it. Everyone's got to have it, and it's in a moment. And what happens to it a few years down the line, I think, really depends on the kind of legacy. Because you know, legacy legacy varies. You know, we yeah, Klon Centaur. The legacy on that is they were what like two ninety nine new or whatever, three ninety nine new. I I forget. Um, And now they are uh, two thousand dollars on eBay. Yeah, sometimes three. you know the what was the other one the king of tone it they're uh but like three three hundred two fifty three hundred new yeah but you have to get on a two year waiting list and but those are more like you know have to they're hyped because you can't get them they're uh they're they're rare loot true you know that's true but like there's other there are other pedals that I think you know are hyped that some of them are really good you know like I have the the nineteen eighty one inventions uh drive the drv oh, yeah. that's a great pedal um that's a great pedal and you know a lot of people a lot of people i i will say like i understand the hype i understand the rush of like waiting for that email to come in and trying to buy it right away and because i did it i did it pretty early uh, but i did it mm-hmm. um but you know it's also a thing where like i do think that the hype to the level that people are trying to sell them on reverb for you know 50 60 75 whatever like this this basically just selling it for more than they paid for it sure um especially like some of them i understand if they're like limited extremely limited color runs yeah yeah but you know uh, like there's a bunch of these ones that 
they're listed as excellent, so they must not be new um, in a bunch of different colors. But then I also see like the one that I have, which is the um, the I think is the white on Chrome is the one that I have. Uh huh. Um, and you know, some people are trying to sell those for like three hundred and fifty dollars, and I'm just like. People are, you know, you're free to list it at whatever price you want. Oh yeah, of course. Do what you want. There's another one here for a hundred bucks or for three hundred bucks. Um, if you're like a colorways person, then go for it. But the thing that I think is like, to me, is goofy is like, and I guess if you try one, like say you try your friends and you really like it, so you want one for yourself. I can see how waiting for the next batch is like frustrating. Sure. But to me, it's like the emails come out and pretty much anytime the email comes out, there's, you know, a, like 50 released or a hundred released. Like it's a decent number. There's not, there's a lot of hype within the community, but it's not a brand that's so big that like, as soon as something is released, they sell like, you know, a thousand units in three minutes. Right. Kind right. Of a deal. Like, they they do go fast um but yeah i i just to me like that's silly yeah yeah uh that kind of um well i think um, i think it's frustrating and annoying once uh the hype machine gets going to the point where people are just buying them speculatively not because they want them but because they're going yeah. they're just going to quick flip them i think that's always annoying but it's like you can't prevent it. You can't stop it. If something if something has that momentum, then it's you know it's just what's going to happen because people are opportunists and people you know they want to pay bills in creative ways. <laughs> um, um, I'm trying to think of other stuff that I've thought of as hyped over the years. I have I well, you know no- go for it. Another brand that's kind of that I would say rode this this hype train and is now I. I believe is kind of like phasing itself out now um, is quiet theory. Uh, they did the prelude delay oh, yeah. reverb p- pedal and, and I have one of those as well. Um, and um, there it's a freaking cool pedal. Uh, I think it's great. I, mine is on loan. I think actually, I think mine's on loan to Aaron Abubo. Um but um like it's a freaking really cool pedal. Yeah. And yeah. it was two seventy nine. There was a lot of hype for it, but I I don't feel like it had the same and maybe because it's a because it's it's a weird like reverse saturation. Yeah, yeah. And what I mean by that is with the nineteen eighty one, the nineteen eighty one is a overdrive distortion. Like it'll dial in really low gain tones really well, but also if you take it all, take everything to tens, it's like getting into fuzz territory. And, um, and there's a lot of different ways to get that sound, but with drive pedals, you know, there, there's just a lot of ways to get that sound, I guess. Sure. Um, but the other side of that is, um, the, like, with the um quiet theory is the pride theory is quiet theory is a really really good delay reverb combinations uh but because it's such a simple uh delay reverb combo i mean it's you know you've got uh two mix knobs one for the reverb one for delay you've got um 
separate tone switches for them and you've got like but it's a five knob pedal with a couple switches that does some like pretty cool things um but i think a lot of people look at that and they go like oh i i need i need this feature for my delay or i need that feature for my delay and, right, and right. so right away they're they're looking way beyond so i think it is it's easier to have a simple feature set on a drive pedal and generate that hype than it is to do that on like a modulation pedal. Yeah. I guess that's true. I remember when uh when all of a sudden everyone needed to have uh offset telecasters. I feel like that was like a big oh. like a hype thing. Like all of a sudden because yeah, it like wasn't the, really the telemaster yeah, it wasn't really something available anywhere, but all of a sudden, like, kit builders and stuff were making them, and people were making their own bodies, and all of a sudden, like, if you had one, you were cool sort of thing. Yeah. I was like, where'd you get that? How'd you get that? Oh. And then it, it hit a point of saturation where people, I think, just realized, like, oh, it's just a Telecaster with a different shaped body. I mean, it looks cool, but, you know, whatever. And I think people got over it for the most part. And then Fender came out with their own version of it, which it felt like it was kind of late to the party. I think maybe yeah. like once that yeah. happened, once Fender was like, oh, here's ours, people were like, oh, well, now you can get them. And the hype kind of died off. I haven't well, seen anyone post on those in forever. I felt like the Fender ones were a little... They were late. They were late to that game. Oh, for sure they were late. And I think I think maybe um, that like that occurrence of that specific hype might have been what pushed into this, you know, parallel universe, alternative universe type stuff that they're doing, the more experimental, like mishmash sorts of things. Like I think they're trying to be first to market with that kind of you know, those kinds of concepts now. Right. I think overall it's also just really hard to um for like small brands especially to like ride the hype for like a really long time. Oh sure. Um and so what happens with a lot of these, like, I, I don't, I don't know. Like I'm trying to think of like what a hyped piece of gear was that was like hard to find from like years ago. The, the first thing that kind of came, comes to mind. I don't know if they ever had like the price markups. Mm -hmm. Um, oh man, they're still expensive. Um, is the line six DL four. Yeah. Well, they're not expensive, like, expensive. A... Like I can, you can, I've been I've been on the lookout for them. You can get them one fifty every now and then, right? I, and and I, the th I don't. I guess I don't remember how much they were originally. Right, right. I'm seeing a lot of like I'm seeing a lot of like one ninety, two hundred, two hundred plus. Yeah. On reverb, but you know, I think they the, just got established me, like, as like creative tools. Like they're you know there's there's something about them that people really like and they connect with. I need to get one for the big pedals board. I really do. Yeah. Have some fun with it, you know. Here's one for oh, it's local. I was gonna say here's one on reverb for 150, but it's local pickup. From where? Uh, Pasadena. It's almost local. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe we should uh, send someone we know up there to go get it for us. Yeah. But then by the time uh, they ship it, we could just get one for. The seller price. store is called Personal. Oh, that personal store, huh? Yeah. I don't know. I, we did it, Steve. I think we completed this topic. We nailed right. it. Uh, I got a I got a question for you. This is a, this can be a yes or no. Sure. My answer is 
No, uh, no. Um, you, if you, well, I would say the first, if you haven't, the answer is you haven't, but, uh, so we already got our, our stimulus in the mail and we just used it to work on debts. I didn't, I didn't do anything fun. Did, did you file taxes already? Oh yeah. I filed taxes in like the second week of January. Yeah. I haven't done it yet. So I don't think I'm going to get one until after I do that. Cause I, isn't it off your taxes? So I'm, I'm kind of screwed. Yeah. It's based on your 2019 taxes. Yeah. So I should probably get on that soon. (laughs) My taxes are always a mess though. Yeah. After, after we got it and then like literally I, I, we just took it in and just, you know, used it on, on some, uh, some outstanding debts and, um, and literally like right after I did it, you know, we were like, yeah, maybe we should, maybe we should have done something like done something cool or like, you know, kept a little bit to buy some, like some whatever, like some good, you know, like, oh, some guitar stuff or whatever. And I was like, nope, too late. It's gone. <laughs> Bye-bye. Yeah, if 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 we if or when we get ours, it's going to, you know, just go into bills right away. Like, it's not yeah. going to go any, any, any anything fun. Like, no, we have to pay bills. We got to buy food. I think I've been, st- I, you know, toilet paper isn't free. Keep stockpiling all the toilet paper. It costs money. <laughs> How are, how's your toilet paper situation, Steve? Um, my mom sent me a picture. So I think we've still got at least a six, a Costco six pack left. Uh huh. But my mom sent me a picture that's a, um, a Costco pack of, of the, so the Kirkland signature toilet paper, Kirkland signature paper towels and Kirkland signature baby wipes just all stacked on top of each other and just said like, uh, let me know when you want me to come come by. I need an excuse to drive around town. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was at I, 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 I was at the Costco the other day. I think we're okay, but yeah, we're, we're all stocked up. We we had we had just bought a bunch before all this went down, and it takes us yeah. like like five months to go through one of those packs. Um, but I was at the I was at the business Costco, like the commercial Costco, the other day. And they were all out of toilet paper, but people were buying yeah. all of the the hand rolls, you know, like the the kitchen towels. Yeah. And I'm like, I really hope you're not using those for toilet paper and flushing them because you oh are going to wreck the crap out of your plumbing. <laughs> Dude, I, li- I, listened to a, I listened to a podcast the other day about toilet paper. Oh yeah, the toilet paper um, podcast on NPR. Yeah, I've been listening to to it too. Everyone's it's like the new uh, it's the new serial. We're all listening to podcasts about toilet paper now. Apparently, is that is it, was it NPR? I don't remember no, who I'm, it was by. It was just one episode. I'm joking, dude. I don't know. Oh, because because this was like a this was like no, this was literally like a thing that talked about like the history of toilet paper okay. and like how it was invented and how like literally like back in the day when toilet paper first started being a thing, like people would just buy the newspaper. And then at the end of the day, they'd be like, well, I guess I got some more toilet paper. Yeah. You used to, you used to wipe your butt with corn cobs. Yeah. Well, they're, they talk about all these, they're they just talking about all these different things and how like, that's apparently why in like some cultures it's considered impolite to shake someone's hand with your left hand Yeah, is because your left hand is considered your poop hand. Yeah. 
but the other side of that is uh, those were all cultures that like invented bathing like centuries before Europe <laughs> decided to start taking showers. Yeah. So. So anyways, anyway, this um, last ad, maybe speak, speak, speaking of toilets, no, speaking of things we, we need to buy, uh, we got a bunch of housekeeping to catch up on oh, partially yeah. because housekeeping, uh, I think it was the, the first week we did, uh, the remote viewing, uh, we were running a little long, so we kind of just jumped to the finish and I completely missed housekeeping. Um, so this is going to be a mix up of, uh, of some of those, well, all of those guys and then some new, some new folks. But, um, the first one I want to do at the $5 level, I'm going to jump around, but at the $5 level, uh, is Mike Epting, um, who reached out to us and he was, Mike was the one who said, uh, Hey, I think you guys, you guys missed me mm. or how embarrassing I didn't hear it. And so I went and looked for it and I couldn't find it. Uh, so I want to say thanks, Mike, for reaching out and Thank letting you, us know that uh, we screwed up. And also, hi to your kids. Your your dad is famous now because we said his yeah. name on a podcast. Hey, kids. Um, and then listen to your dad. <laughs> and also at the at the five dollar level, we have uh, Cameron Robinson and Eric Burleson. Um, at the five dollar level, we got a little swag that maybe if I ever go to the post office ever again, uh, I'll send to you. Yeah. Um, at the uh, $10, $10 level, uh, we've got Don Krause and Zoe June McKenzie Reeston. Um, uh, thanks that the $10 level, uh, we bump you into our inner circle group where you get to see the underpinnings of the show. And sometimes Ryan posts videos and publishes them there before they go live anywhere else. All right. And for- sometimes we just say... Go ahead. Sometimes we just say, "Hey guys, let's uh, let's do some uh, let's give some stuff away." I don't know. All right, I've got some what bags. Are you, what are you doing? I got some bags here. Oh yeah, yeah. For Don, I'm gonna send him this Hosa Technology Gobi Labs three pack of cleaning stuff. It's got a headphone cleaner, a microphone sanitizer. I mean, we should probably use that, and a screen cleaner. For a swag distribution uh, program here. For Zoe, what am I going to throw in the bag for Zoe? Another Gobi Labs thing. Uh, these are smaller spray bottles and detoxit wipes. And because those are smaller, I'm going to throw in this Walrus Audio Pick Tin. Got picks in it. And a very rare. I mean, this is collectible, guys. Gear Supply Company Strap Locks 10 that still has Gear Supply Company Grohl style strap lock washers in it. Wow. I know. This company does not exist anymore, famously. And uh, there's some swag from that. So when Steve can finally come over here and pick this stuff up. You will be able to combine it with all the other appropriate swag and get the stuff out to you, the Patreons. I mean, if you cancel before all this is over, he'll still send it to you. I mean, that's our yeah. That's yeah. the idea. Also, I decided um, today. The- I decided today uh, while doing a premiere on YouTube, like everyone who's you know in the inner circle in that ten dollar Patreon, let me know in the in the chat side of uh, those YouTube videos when I premiere and I'll make you a moderator. Why not? 
If you want to be a moderator, cool. I'll do it. We got more, man. We still got more what? to do. There's still more. This, this is feeling this is feeling self-indulgent. At the $25 level, which is our bragging rights Holy hell. Uh, level, we got Jay Fieri. Or is it Jay Fiery? I'm not sure. Uh, I'm hoping it's Jay Fieri and he's just related to Guy Fieri. Maybe it is Guy Fieri, but he's spelling his name ever so slightly differently. So we don't know. We can't be sure, but I'm holding out hope. That's uh, $25 level gets all the same perks as the $10 level, plus the perks of the $5 level. Basically, it's the same as the $10 level, but with more money. His so name thank is, you. His name's uh, Joe? His name is J. It's just the letter J. I've only got a letter J. Okay. J. What do you Gary. got for J? I just pulled some stuff out. We're going to run out of swag here. Uh, I've got a beer cozy here. From Mauve Media Productions. I don't know what that is. I've got uh, Chops Professional Hand Care for Musicians. Instant pH balancer and hand conditioner. Protects instrument finish, hardware, and strings. Maximizes playing performance and comfort. Fast absorbing, non-greasy, and hypoallergenic. I've got a Harmony Guitars Picton here. Nice. I've only got one of these. I mean, I with the Walrus stuff, I get one of those every time I get a pedal. But I've only got one harmony guitar, so this is a little extra special. I've got a piece of wood that happens to have Martin and Company established 1833 on it. It's a pencil. It's a Martin pencil. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what? I've got a Hosa uh, quarter-inch plug keychain. I'm throwing stuff in here. 25 bucks, you're going to get some stuff. And I've also got uh, these, uh, uh, I forget who makes these, K-Line, K-Line pedal toppers here. They're kind of like the uh, barefoot buttons, but may I have a plastic. We've got a pile of bags All over right. here, Steve. we gotta, we got we to defeat this coronavirus so you can come over here and get the stuff. I'm just gonna leave it all on yeah, your doorstep, uh, and you can uh, you can ship. No, it. I'm serious. We should just do that, or like I'll just just leave it on your doorstep, and I'll come by and grab it. All right, sounds like a, um, like a plan. At the one dollar level, uh, oh we got Andrew Bimson, uh, Matt Jarsboski, and Dan W. And of course, our one dollar level. If if all you can do is a dollar right now or ever, that's that's yeah. super awesome. That's great. You know. Uh, we just uh, appreciate everyone who supports the show. And speaking of the show, which I would like to do uh, as much as I like talking about all the people who support us, uh, this is a trade for 335 slash Strat or Telly, $4,000 in the Texas Christian University area of Fort Worth. I think that's what that means. I'm looking to trade my 2008 smart car passion 92,000 miles at 40 miles a gallon for a 60s Gibson 335 or Fender Telecaster slash Stratocaster. Similar age player grade guitars. Car is valued at $4,000. So something of similar value. I'm looking at them on Craigslist. And yeah, they're they're at, worth around four grand. At smart cars? Yeah, the smart cars. But do you can you really pull... A dollar for dollar trade with this sort of thing, like is there someone out there who's like, man, I've just got like this, you know, really nice high end, uh, you know, Fender or like regular end Gibson <laughs> sitting around. Ah, oh, man, I just wish I had the most specific car in the world. 
like not I mean, I not know. just a car. I, I, like I want a smart car for some reason. I guess I figure like because this is just listed as trade for whatever. Maybe you're just cruising Facebook looking at what gears out there, but your car that's sitting in your parking lot, you're like, oh, I'm bored. I'm just going to cruise this. I can't really afford anything because I need to replace my car soon. And then you see this, like that's who this is targeting. Mm. You're not looking for a smart car necessarily, but if you're not opposed to it. I think most of the time people who are like, I need a car. I've got to move music gear. Probably aren't moving high-end pieces of music gear. They're probably like, I've got a BC Rich and I've got a Line 6 Spider and I've got, uh, you know, like a, a Digitech. Uh, RP100 or something like that. Like I gotta move this stuff so I can buy a car. You know, maybe that's a horrible, ugly stereotype I've just painted of people who need to buy cars. Have you ever have you ever uh, rode or driven a smart car? No, I. You know, it's kind of like the the minis where people are like, oh yeah, you can totally fit in them. Like big people can fit in them, and I look at them like, I don't know, guys, I'm pretty tall. Uh, I look at them and I'm like, yeah, I, I can probably fit, but man, I, it, it looks really small, guys. Yeah, I would say I, I definitely like I've sat in the back of a mini. It's not great. Yeah, but the minis like makes like mi- the mini, like the mini Cooper is not trying to be smart. <laughs> right, just right. Trying to be. I also feel like a maybe mini Cooper. Maybe it's just because there's you know. Super cool electric cars, electric, <laughs> super cool electric cars now. Um, I don't feel like 40 miles to a gallon is that impressive. Like, is that supposed to be amazing? Well, and so that's the other thing is that's not really like a car this small with a top speed of like, I'm looking at the 4.2. Yeah, the four two has a top speed of like ninety six miles an hour, which I guess I don't know how fast my Corolla will go. Um, I've never gone that fast that in my g- car. Yeah, uh, in what in my car? No, I've never gone that fast or in my it? car. Okay, but have you ever tried to go that fast in your car? No. Yeah. Uh, so um, now I guess this is saying that uh, the practical. Um, the European Union consumption rates are, oh, that's 4.3 liters. I think that's more. Dang it, stupid. Ugh. <sighs> All this. Why can't they zero. use real numbers? Ugh. Well, it's just I don't know how to, because I think, I feel like 4.3 liters might be. Let's not bore people and try uh, to figure that out right now. Oh no, never mind. It is it says now they're saying fifty to fifty five miles per gallon, but if in actuality you're only getting forty, yeah, forty miles per gallon's not really that great. Yeah. Uh for like a car that small, and I bet you like, have to probably get like a Prius or something to one of us, meet that. One of us big boys in that little car and it'd be it'd be dragging on its shocks pretty hard. Sure. <laughs> it sure. It wouldn't uh, be getting the mileage of, you know, the barista down the street I mean, driving it. Literally, like the did I make an ugly stereotype version. about baristas that they're small people? <laughs> the uh, about the, what about baristas that they're small people? I didn't mean to call baristas small. <laughs> you, you come in all sizes, Sorry. baristas. I was I Sorry, meant baristas. I meant jockeys, like racing jockeys. They're all small professionally, <laughs> right? Um, 
No, the the coupe version of this car weighs between sixteen and and eighteen hundred pounds. So either of us in one of these cars increases the weight of the vehicle by ten percent, which is pretty freaking significant. Yeah, no kidding. Like. If you put both of us in one of these cars, it is not going to get 50 miles per gallon. Yeah, there's no way. I can't imagine both of us fitting on one of those. But anyways, yeah, I, <laughs> weird trade. I don't know. I'm not going to trade a guitar for a car like that. But maybe well, the other, the maybe someday is- I'm going to like move a bunch of gear to bo- to like put a down payment on a car when my Nissan finally dies or something. Yeah, I mean, you know, it is saying like a player grade guitar, so it could be something like beat up. But the other thing is like, I feel like unless it's just really trashed, um, any guitar that uh, any Gibson or Fender guitar from that era is only going like it's like you're trading an appreciating asset for a ah, depreciating asset. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're, yeah, well, not even appreciating like a, a, a guitar is going to hold its value. Where this car is not going to hold its value, it's just going to continue to lose value until you don't think it, it no will, longer you don't runs. Think the guitar will gain value. Is that speculative? I think it at at, at, at like, it's very safe to bet that m- most g- guitars from a major brand are going to retain value. Okay. All right. Fine. Like because it comes down to such specifics of model and things like that for. Uh, you know, for them to gain value. That's my take, yeah. anyways. All right, tell us about the song. Let's get right. out of here. I'm, I'm sick of talking. Yeah, th- we uh, always go longer. By... We always go longer on these on these quarantine episodes because we're only doing one a night, and we're just sitting around chatty. We finally get to talk to another human being. You know. I. <laughs> yeah. Um. So this uh this next song was sent by Danny Rabin of the band Marbin. Uh, he says Marvin is a progressive jazz rock band based in Chicago, Illinois, with a unique story that stands out in today's music world. With a do-it-yourself approach, Marvin started touring extensively in 2011, bringing their original instrumental music to every part of the United States. Um, they put out a handful of albums, and the song that we were sent to check out and put at the end of the show that we're going to play, it's called Ama, Al, Ama, Alabama Sock Party. Alabama, Alabama sock, sock party. party? Is that yeah. like a sex thing? I have no idea. It sounds like a sex thing to me. An Alabama sock party. Why does everything have to be a sex thing with you, right? It doesn't have to be. It gets to be. Oh, oh, that's fun. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, enjoy the song, guys. Thanks for watching. All that stuff. And stay grounded. See ya.